0: Welcome to another exciting episode of SFP Now The first episode we've done in what seems like ages Because we've not been doing too much podcasting of late. I think the last show we did was with uh, with Joe from uh, Megapodzilla Or Megapodzilla, because it's now called Uh, He's gone out of podcasting now, he doesn't do podcasting now He basically uh, has a channel on YouTube because it's free (laughs) And it doesn't cost him anything to do and, And, you know And I'm kind of thinking of doing the same thing uh, at some point. I don't know yet. Um, Anyway, we're going to be talking about um, all the great television that's been on, some of the great television that's just starting, and some of the great television that is due to be on. Um, And given that, you know, it's pretty current and everyone's still moaning about how rushed the final season was and everyone's still moaning about the fact that Bran was was crowned king of... The king of the six kingdoms. Let's talk about Game of Thrones, or as I say in Ireland, Game of Thrones.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Um. For the record, I have I have read the five existing books, and I've seen. All but the the current season, but but because of the timing and because I knew we were going to have this discussion opportunity, I kept up by watching clips and uh, reading uh, synopses, and I will catch the season in its entirety when it's available on iTunes in a couple of months, which is how I've watched the entire season up to now. Mm -hmm. Um, Based on what I've seen and what I've read, I am one of those people who is perfectly fine with the ending. I will I will give the fans who are who are um, bitching about the pacing uh, their due because the problems were structural and the problems were related to pacing and the problems were related to the fact that one Martin hasn't given us two of the books and so the producers were winging it based off of his outlines and notes and conversations and the the fact that HBO is not even even with You know, HBO money, HBO is not swimming in absolutely endless piles of money. And it could very well be that in their negotiations with the producers, six episodes was all they were going to pay for, considering that everything that was in those six episodes in terms of the logistics and the battle sequences and all the stuff that you got to pay for, that may have been all the money that they were going to pony up. So between Martin's pacing issues with not giving us two of the books and whatever, just financing and pacing issues that you get on the production level at HBO's end, I think structurally that final season was about as good as it was going to get. Now, in terms of of actual character outcomes, I have absolutely no problem with the fact that Bran is uh, king of the Six Kingdoms now because A he's actually the smartest person there mm-hmm. because he's got future sight and, and all of these powers that he can use. Two, because Drogon, poor Drogon, is now bereft of his mommy and bereft of his brothers and basically the last of his kind, the only company he is going to have is, is this young king who can warg into other creatures and fly alongside him. Yeah. And the the only long-term solution for him is for Bran to locate, hopefully, when he's tracking his sister Arya, when she's doing her um, exploring in the West, hopefully they locate a cache of dragons no one knows about, and uh, he's able to work into into Drogon and guide him to safety in the West, you know, to another colony of dragons, because that's going to be the only long-term solution.
0: Mm-hmm. I've got, um, I, I've got no problem with Bran being king because yeah, you're right. Bran is the smartest person in the room. Um, and you know, and it's the fact that he has no interest in power, much like Jon Snow. Jon yeah. Snow didn't want it because he had no interest in power. And had he be, had he taken on the, uh, on 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 the kingdom um it would have been so of ring autumn um the the other thing is that um yeah while while um Bran is king he's kind of there as a figurehead because i think the real power sits with the hand of the king which is yes. which is where tyrion is and yeah. I, I think in in terms of the political machinations of westeros and stuff like that tyrion is the guy with the real power. Yes. You know, and, 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 you know, so I'm quite happy it's worked out that way because when you think about it, everyone was going, oh, I'd bring like Tyrion and Sansa to sit on the throne together and, and, and stuff like that. And then there was the Jon Snow Brigade who wanted Jon Snow to be king and stuff like that. But I never, you know, it makes sense in a way because it's sort of like, um, you know, broken, you know, brand the broken. And the and, um, oddballs and bastards are actually at the top
1: Yes, yeah, yeah And here's the thing, let's say for the sake of argument that, that Jon Snow had stayed with the program And he and Daenerys had actually taken the throne of Westeros And let's say for the sake of argument that all three dragons had survived You know, and you would have think on paper that it would be You know, Cherry's Jubilee for House Targaryen Not so much, because those three dragons were the only three dragons left, period and those three dragons were all boy dragons. There were no girl dragons, mm-hmm. which means no baby dragons. Which means that as soon as those three dragons died of old age,
0: which would be a thousand years or so.
1: Yes, but even so, you know, uh, the Targaryen power base would just be gone, and anyone who wanted, anyone who wanted those. Targaryens off the throne would just actively be trying to kill the dragons because then they'd be killing the, dra- the uh, power base. Plus, um, because of the magical machinations that led to the creations of the dragons... Um, Danny is barren, which means that the dragon children are literally her children. Which means she and John couldn't have kept up the line anyway, which would have then led to civil war and/or a declaring of the sort of arrangement that we got at the very end, as it was.
0: No, actually, um, I beg to differ. I think the nine could have been kept up because um, John is Targaryen. You know, he's the son of a Stark and a Targaryen, so. Um, had had he song like uh, we
1: mean with a mistress, you know, if they, yeah. if they'd gone like Dune with it, and he'd yeah. taken a mistress. I could, I could see that.
0: That mm-hmm. could have worked. Um, and who say that he won't take a mistress? Because the fact of the matter is, uh, he's been banished to beyond the wall, sort of thing. Yes. So he kind of, he kind of got what he wanted. You know, he song like he's back in the true north now with his, with his, with his May. And who yeah. say he won't take a take take a woman you know, there? Because he's yes. you know, all, all it says in in the rules is that he's not allowed to take a mate. Now he kind of assume yes. that he's not allowed to take a mate of noble birth. Yes, is, is what they're saying there. Yes. Um, he's not allowed to have any lands or property beyond beyond Nights Watch. What well, is now him having a mistress sort of thing away from Nights Watch and, you know among the wildings? Yeah, and you know, stopping him from there. So you could actually have more dragons in the future by wild yeah, ones, and that changed the true. power base again
1: <laughs> true, true yeah, which is a, another reason why they sent him bell on the wall but 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 you're but generally speaking, I think it played out exactly the way it needed to um, the, the, the problems again, were strictly structural and I don't, given, given what the producers were working with and given the degree to which Martin has not been getting a move on with the books again, I think Things worked out about as well as they
0: were going to. My my favorite bit in the fa- in the final episode, in the final finale to be to be honest was uh, the bit when Drogon um, burned melted the
1: throne. Melted oh god, oh, that was awesome! Like, that was one of the clips I watched. I'm like, hello, yes.
0: You know, it's, yeah. it's almost like Drogon understood what what the game was all about all along, and, yes. and he, he burnt the throne. He says, right. Well, if she she can't have it, and she's she's if my mum's got to die, no one's gonna fucking have it. <laughs> you know, yeah. and um, yeah. you know the fact that he, he didn't burn John um, is basically to do with the Targaryen blood in John. Yes, again, yes, John John yeah. is Targaryen. I think the fact that John was so cut up and bereaved and and grief stricken by the yeah. fact that he that he had to kill Danny yeah. um, is also what probably saved him.
1: Yeah, because I mean, because it, it also speaks to the fact that John is just tactically not the most brilliant person in the room. Because he he goes, to, he does the right thing, and he kills Danny in the context he kills her in. But he's so wrapped up in everything he's doing, he forgets that Drogon was even there. Mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't think he even remembered that Drogon was a factor until after he had killed Danny. and He's like, oh, oh, I think I've made a mistake now. You know, when he's looking up at Drogon, like, oh, okay. And and he's so broken up though that I don't. There's a part of him that I think would have probably thanks Drogon if he had burned him.
0: Mm. Um,
1: you know, but it just. I I get why they're I get why they're upset I'll in terms out. of yeah, you know, but it's it's hard.
0: us admit it, though it's lazy writing, isn't it? Calling a dragon Drogon. I mean, come on, that's lazy writing.
1: Well, it was it was named after called Drogo, so.
0: Well, why why not just call him Drogo? <laughs>
1: True. I mean, the, the, the way that the names worked was Viserion, the one that the Night King managed was named to kill after, named after was named was named after her brother. Rygol was named after Rhaegar, who was Jon's dad. Mm-hmm. And Drogon was named after Khal Drogo. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. Actually, um, in terms of the dragon deaths, Viserion was the one I felt, actually felt sorry for, because he didn't get to just die. He got to be Killed, resurrected, and killed again. That that poor dragon suffered.
0: Yeah, and knowing and that, you know, you, you got you got got a question whether whether he would have been aware of the fact that as a zombie dragon he was attacking his two brothers. Yes. You know, yeah. would he have been yeah. aware of that yeah. on, on any level?
1: Yeah, I since since Drogon proved that he was aware of more of a, more of what was going on than we gave him credit for. The sad fact is, I think Viserion knew a bit more than. Then was probably healthy for him at that point, mm. and 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 um, and John was doing him a favor, killing him. Um, not just not just as a tactical relief during the battle in itself, but because he needed to just rest.
0: The only the thing, thing the only thing I was really unhappy about was the fact that Cersei died with Jamie in a rockfall. I thought that was a bit lame. I wanted that was... I wanted Cersei to be burnt alive by a dragon or have a have a flipping smoke throat snip by Aria. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they wanted that moment.
1: And that is a, that is a difference from the books because in the books there is a prophecy that they just didn't deal with uh, in terms of seriously. They just excised it. They didn't want to deal with
0: they it. They tried because, to deal with it, with Maggie and Frog and all that. But
1: yes, yes, and and the, there was a there was a line from that prophecy about the um, the Valonqar strangling her and Valenquar is the the ancient um valerian word for little brother and so fans were thinking that either Tyrion would strangle cersei or um or jamie would strangle cersei because he's actually a few minutes younger than she is Mm -hmm. or the third prophecy which was even more chilling was that the baby she was carrying because don't forget she was pregnant with with
0: Jamie's fourth child at that yeah, point. Yeah, that, that's something else I don't get, because um, how many months have meant to have passed between the tail end of season, season seven and season eight? It's got to be more than a few months have passed for that much to happen, given it takes so long to travel from one side of a, a will to another sort of thing. And yet she yeah. wasn't showing at all.
1: Yeah, again... Those were the pacing problems. Um, I, I they didn't think that through. On, so Cersei's death, I'll give them that wasn't as that wasn't as put together as it could have been. And again, part of that is we just don't have we don't have the two books. Mm-hmm. And um, and they Weiss and Benioff, the producers, I guess, made the decision that because they don't have the two books, they would just shortcut that. And it was. I can't really say it's the wrong decision because in the context of what they were facing it might have been um, logistically speaking the correct decision but in terms of the overall
0: narrative it was not the best decision they could have made mm-hmm. um, well, and again it, it's down to Martin, it's down to
1: the choices he made and, and, the, and the fact that he hasn't given us two whole books
0: yep, um, We've just been joined by, um, by a little, little cat who's oh. just come in saying oh she's she's not very vocal so if you hear something go crashing in 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 a few minutes, it's probably her oh, okay. <laughs> knocking something over or going mad or something. Ugh. So Game of Thrones, um, are you you're happy with and with how it ended? Much like much like I sort of am.
1: Yeah, yeah, um, you know, the. the- there, there were problems, but the problems were not existential. Um, they were, they, I can I can live with what we got.
0: Well, my 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 thing is, you know, you you have all these fans that are kicking off and stuff like that. It's almost like as if they 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 they, they are wanting to claim the story as their own sort of thing. Well, here's the, I understand here's part, the, part of it. It's it's kind of like part of a cultural phenomenon. But it, here's the thing: it's um it's. George R.R. Martin's story. So it's up to him and the showrunners how they end it. And if they decide to end it in a particular way, they decide to end it in a particular way. And there's no point crying about it or petitioning for a a remake of season eight, which has over a million signatures, because it's just not going to fucking happen. You know? If you don't like it, you don't like it. Move on. There's plenty of other shit on TV you can watch. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) And um, we're probably going to amuse listeners now because I said all that, but, you know. Fine. It's, it's,
1: it's got to be said. It's got to be said. Here's, here's the thing. Here's, here's where I was coming from, too. Like I said, I read the existing five books, and I read them in the wake of the, in the announcement of HBO's adaptation because I hadn't heard of Game of Thrones, and I was curious in the wake of the announcement. And so I read the books in, during the time between the announcement and, and when the show first came on, and I figured out... Um, as soon as they killed Ned Stark in Book One, even, long before we even got to the Red Wedding, that we were basically heading for a, if not Blake Seven, at least something very close to it. The body count was going to be really, really, really high, and I braced myself for Blake Seven. I braced myself, braced myself for everyone dies. So the fact that everyone didn't die, from by my estimation, makes this automatically a happy ending.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know. From from my point of view, the the characters that I wanted to see survive all survived, Yes. Um, and in a way, I'm kind of disappointed that they all survived.
1: <laughs> I know I was I was actually expecting more deaths. I really
0: was. Yeah. Um, I was expecting Arya to die or or something something like that, which would have which would have which which would have kicked off just as much just as many signatures as a as a minion signatures on a remake of season 8 petition but yeah. you know and i i knew from the very beginning well certainly from the after the first couple of seasons i knew that daenerys was going to die yes i just knew it because you know if you look at her journey and the way her arc is written she's getting more and more powerful with each song sort of like, you know with each culture that she bumps into sort of thing and yeah. You know, in Essos, she she saw liberated slaves and stuff like that. But when she came across again, you know, a demog, you know, um, a feudal sighting like in Westeros and sort of thing, yeah. You know, she was going to have to play politics, and she'd never really had to really play politics before because, you know, she she liberated the slaves of an Essos, and and automatically she had a following there. Yeah. You know. Um, in in every situation, in you know, in in the south where where she's coming from, she she actually liberated people and 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 helped people and gained following by that way. But yeah. as soon as she got to Westeros, she just and she had couldn't...
1: to work. She had to work for it.
0: Yeah, she, she didn't, didn't know. Her. She didn't have the ability or, or the tap to play the game. It's why she needed Tyrion. It's why she needed Varys and
1: yeah
0: and and those um uh, those characters. Yeah,
1: and here's the other thing. There's If you look at the thematic paralleling, um, the Targaryens practiced incest. The uh, Lannister siblings practiced incest. And the Night King got a lot of his army because Craster handed the Night King his incest-born sons with his daughters to keep the Night King at bay and away from them. Mm -hmm. And all of those incest-related storylines were dead ends.
0: Yeah, and it's also, if you look at it again, it actually mirrors itself as well, because like, um, you know, uh, John um, banging away with his auntie Daenerys, that, that was yeah. incest, and that was mirroring the Lannisters. Mirroring the yes, sort of yeah, yeah. Um, I
1: mean, and, yeah. And, and plus, if you, if you look at it the other way, um, Cersei had three 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 children with her brother. All three of them ended up dead. Mm-hmm. and here you had Daenerys who had these three dragon children two of which ended up dead and the third one is bereft and alone both of them failed as mothers
0: mm-hmm. yeah. so
1: they're paralleled that way too
0: I mean, and both, both it of them, all makes sense both, both of them were fiercely protective of the children but both of them were failures as mothers and not very good mothers yes um well, yeah, I think we've um, actually we could have this conversation adding finiton on Game of Thrones, given that we're both sort of like fond it so so closely over the years. And you know, I you know throughout throughout along with Game of Thrones since it started, I've been watching sort of complimentary videos on YouTube and I've been watching you know people make comparisons to the book and talk about the book and talk about the series sort of thing. So I've, I've picked up a lot of a lot of things secondhand. Uh, Mm -hmm. Right, right that way. Um, And it is really interesting. I mean, I would have loved to have seen a bit more in the series um, in regards to walking, because in the book, um, Arya can walk into a direwolf.
1: Yes, um, yeah, there's there's more of that. Um, You know, and yeah, it's just. there's, There's a lot to be said for the books. And again, if Martin would get a move on. But he's—he might not. I well,
0: don't know. I'm... He could die before he writes the books. Yeah, <laughs> he's not getting any yeah. younger. He's and, not getting any younger. And he, he's quite a hefty, fellow as well. You know, pro- probably um, probably probably has diabetes, or something. Yeah. You know, because uh, you don't you don't get that heavy and that that big without having uh, sort of like potential life threatening health conditions. Yeah, yeah. You know. Um. But should we move on?
1: Yeah, let's move on. So,
0: what we're going to talk about now is the uh, blah, 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 blah. was it the DC stuff or did we?
1: Let's let's do um, Project Blue Book since that that just ended for you. Um, for
0: it's it's the penultimate episode that I've seen. So the last episode. one I seen was the uh, the abducted storyline. Oh yes um, yeah. I I I've been really really enjoying it. It's so yes, like
1: it's, yes, um, it's 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 wonderful. Um, because there are so many unredacted files They can do the, the standalone storytelling For years as, as long as they want The issue is going to be How long can they maintain the mythology Before, before it devolves like the, like the X-Files mythology
0: did That's what I was thinking Because the uh, the relationship between Quinn and um, Hynek um, How long is Quinn going to be playing, playing the sceptic sort of thing
1: Yeah, because I mean he is he is a um, he is the analog for a real life uh, character called Captain Rupelt, who was the first head of the real life Project Blue Book, and and Rupelt um, became more of a more of a believer over time, mm-hmm. and he actually he actually he and he and Heineck both wrote books. Around a lot, which a lot of this is based, and so, like I said, the standalone storytelling—that's that's cool. Where where it could fall flat is the mythology stuff. Um, the other issue is, as cool as Susie is as a character, um, how long can they
0: carry that on? Because it's, got an, on. it's got an yeah. limited shelf knife I mean, the fact that she's killed her hand on her in this last episode shows that it's got a bit of an limited shelf knife um, Yeah. So what bugs me though is uh, the actress that plays Heineck's wife, uh, Mimi. Ah, uh, yeah. Um, She's not very good. She doesn't strike. She doesn't really, you know, when when I watch it, she doesn't really put me in mind of a of how a nineteen fifties woman would act. Would act
1: sort of yeah, it's a little too
0: contemporary.
1: Um, that, and that's and that's one that, that's one of the systemic problems with historical drama, is that. If they made her act the way a, a 1950s woman really would act, um, a lot of the contemporary audience might feel alienated. A lot of a lot of historical fiction is um, damaged by the need to, and this is across the board, cross media. When you when um, one of the problems with historical fiction these days is the need to help contemporary audiences relate to the characters by making the characters a little more contemporary than so they should be. They
0: basically think it's damaged by political correctness and the fact that feminism's come such a long way since the 1950s and stuff like that. Um, you know, whereas if you... You know, which is part of the, part of the problem with Daenerys Targaryen dying in Game, Game of Thrones the way she did. You know, a lot of, yes. a lot of your feminists have kicked off about the fact... You know, this was obviously written by a man. They killed Daenerys, who was like the you know the strongest female character we've ever had, sort of thing. Yeah, but yeah, she's not because sort of no. like um, Sansa became quite strong over time. Uh, yeah,
1: Sansa is uh, is actually one of my favorite female characters. And,
0: um, you know, and you, you, you had um you had Arya who became you know strong yes. female. I mean, she killed
1: the flipping Night King.
0: Yeah. Um, she... You know, and and that's sort of like. You know, getting, getting back to Project Blue Book, I think, you know, you're right what you say, it's a, it's a systemic problem in, you know, in doing period drama now is it has to be politically correct. When, if you want you to do period drama the way it's supposed to be, properly, um, it wouldn't be very political, correct, politically correct. Um, because, you know, things would have to be portrayed in the context of what they I like at the time. Yes. You know, the song like mend it, that, that sort of, like, realism... If you will, yeah, and that that kind of annoys me um, in, in in a sense because it doesn't really it doesn't really show people um, how we've evolved and how much we've come on by by having um, a watered down version of what that what 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 an historical character would have been like.
1: No, no. Um, that said, the standalone stuff. Is absolutely spectacular, and I I loved meeting um, von Braun, the Project Blue Book version
0: of, of uh, Werner von Braun. Yeah, I mean, and, I've been and... I've been watching it with a friend of mine actually, who's uh, who's black, mm. um, and he's called uh, he's called Graham. He's actually the singer out in the band, mm. and being a being song I've introduced him to Project Blue Book, and he comes around every Saturday. And watches a bit of Game of Thrones and Project Blue Buck with me. We have we make a bit of an afternoon of it. <laughs> and, <laughs> and when von Braun was on, he, he was getting he was getting proper agitated. Oh, it's a fucking murdering Nazi bastard! He should never have gone away with it and stuff like yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's hard. It's hard. And, and and
1: they and their portrayal of him is absolutely is absolutely perfect. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they may have certain issues with how they portray women relative to the period, but their portrayal of Von Braun relative to what they were trying to do was absolutely
0: spot on. Yeah, I mean, the, you know, I like Susie Miller I think I think, uh, Ksenia Songo is doing a pretty good job. And she, she, is, she, she is. to me, is pretty in tune with what a 1950s woman would be like, but with what a 1950s feminist would be like, if you get yeah. what I mean, yeah. in terms of... I mean, I thought it was quite funny um, in one of the early episodes where she takes Mimi into a gay bar. <laughs> and I thought, wow, this is 1950s and they're in a gay bar, you know. So, like, um, you know, that that, that you know, that would have really challenged Mimi's or, like, um, you know, sheltered upbringing, if you will. It was never, it was never commented on. Or or nothing, and no. uh, it was never played upon until the recent episode that I seen, where where song solo Susie Minga gets gets Mimi drunk and um, and gives her a bit of a pash. Yeah, yeah. You know, so yeah. Um. So I'm just wondering if we're going to have um, a ha- ha- have that have that come to fruition in the second season.
1: We we may we may She's, cause, because. Because Susie is still running her mission, and she's still hoping to run her mission, so that we may get some of that.
0: Yeah, I, I think Susie's got her own agenda now, though.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah. you know, you know so like, um, she's running her mission her way, so she can retain contact with Mimi because she's yeah, because she, she's got um, she's obviously got a bit of a crush or a bit of a thing for her. Yeah,
1: yeah, you know. oh, i like I said, um the other thing I really like the, the actors in general are very strong um relative to the material. They um my, my favorites just in, in terms of what they're given even even though what they have limited screen time are um Neil McDonough and Michael Harney as the generals. Mm-hmm.
0: They're they're
1: they're they're not on the screen very often, but what they're given is is quality. You know, well, McDonough's
0: had a lot more to do than the other general, I think. So
1: Yeah. Yeah,
0: you know, because he's actually running the uh, Russian spy as a double agent and and all of that. Yes, and, yeah. Um, you know, and that was an interesting uh, comment a couple of episodes back. He says, "When you get to this rank, you don't play the game the same. It's not as black and white."
1: Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: but what I've liked throughout of it is um, all, all the. Um, are or, or the or the apparent sort of like uh, experimentation that the US military is actually doing because it's already got flying sources and God only knows what. Yeah, yeah. You and
1: know. this is, yeah, this is where it's, you know, it's, it's not quite science fiction. It's more like science faction. Yeah. You know, and, you know. It's 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 really well done, and it, and it's just a question now of, of how long they can maintain. Um, history History Channel series, the fictional, the um, the scripted ones, tend to run for about five years, mm-hmm. and then they pull them. So I'm I'm assuming that um, as as long as the ratings hold and they appear to be holding, we'll get a good solid five years, and they and they can plan for that.
0: Well, if we if we do, I'm hoping that they they're able to resolve it in some sort of way, but not completely resolve it because you kind of like to think that the characters are still out there doing their thing.
1: Yes, yes. You
0: know, I don't yeah. I don't like perfect resolutions to TV shows because you kind of like to think that the characters have moved on and doing they're doing something else, and you kind of like to you know carry that on in your imagination. Hmm. Yes, you know. yeah. So, so you, so you can hope and come back to it now. And like, hmm, I wonder what Captain Picard's up to now. And no doubt we're going to find out in a few months' time. Yeah,
1: I'm. I'm actually, I'm actually more psyched for the Picard series than I am for Discovery.
0: Yeah, I am. Um, I think most most Star Trek fans are because Picard's actually quite an iconic captain. He's sort of like the only captain really um, in in the uh, modern Star Trek lore that uh, managed to, you know, get. Is much of an iconic or like uh, connection with the audience uh, than Kirk did.
1: That's and that's down to Patrick
0: Stewart. Mm-hmm. That's down to Patrick. And I would i like to think that Cisco is is kind of a middle iconic as well. But unfortunately, I don't I don't think um, I don't think Avery Brooks does that many conventions. Um.
1: No, he 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 keeps he keeps himself to himself a little more, mm-hmm. um, which it's a double edged sword.
0: No, yeah, sorry. I've met him, actually, Avery Brooks. Really nice bloke. I actually enjoyed. Yeah. I actually enjoyed a brief chat with him. He was a nice guy. Um, so, Project Blue Book. Um, thumbs up. Where do you think it's going to go in the second season? Well,
1: I personally, if, if, I, if my understanding of the pacing is probably is is correct, I could be wrong. Um, um, Susie's storyline will finish probably by the finale of next season. I, I don't see them. Prolonging it much beyond that without causing themselves some structural issues um, The I standalone she... storytelling which has been spectacular. Oh my god the guest actors they got Graham Greene
0: I know I love Graham Greene You know, it doesn't matter what he's in you know, I, I know his face I know I know the type of characters he plays. I just love him in whatever he's in. You know, yes. he's just one of those actors I'd love to interview.
1: Yes yeah, and you know, and they got Michael Imperioli from The Sopranos as as the as the, uh, as the as that poor sap Russian who couldn't quite carry it off. Mm-hmm. yeah, no, but I mean, it just the whole thing is very well put together. It's basically it's basically a, a, a more tightly ri- written version of The X Files. Yeah. Um, ben- benefiting from the fact that it's more of it's actually true, <laughs> so.
0: I think it also benefits from the fact that it's actually got better actors. That's true. And in the lead roles. I mean, um, nothing against Jingie and Anderson, who, to be to be honest, she was a strength for the X Files. Whereas David Duchovny, uh, yeah, I've seen him in lots of other stuff, and he's never really struck me as a, a particularly strong actor. Mm-hmm. You know, he's yeah. something of like a, I think he's tra- traded a, mo- a lot and having a particular look. Yeah, and and a uh, particular way of of delivering lines. Where I've I've, I've seen Aidan Ginnan in tons and tons of different things. I mean, you know, he goes from playing Littlefinger in Game of Thrones to playing, you know, a scientist. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah. I can't see and, David. And it doing that. It all works. Yeah, it all yeah. works, and I can't see David Duchovny doing that somehow. No, no. <laughs> you know, he's not got yeah. the chops. Yeah. Um, so I think it benefits from having, uh, you know, with the exception of maybe Jiggy and Anderson and uh, Mitch Panagi, yes, uh,
1: yeah,
0: I think it's generally generally had, you know, got better actors involved with it overall.
1: Yeah, yeah. And um, and I'm, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing where it goes. Uh, I think that also benefits from the fact that they have shorter seasons.
0: That too, you know. Because, um, I mean, thinking about that, and this is going to be a nice segue onto what we're going to be discussing in a few minutes, is um, um, you see a short season of um, Project Blue Book or a short season of Game of Thrones. You kind of wonder, you know, what Arrow would have been like had had they been able to just do it in in 10 or 12 episode seasons as opposed to twenty twenty six
1: we're gonna find out because the final season of arrow is going to be 10 but
0: well, that's so. what I mean that's why I said yeah. it's a nice segue yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so yeah but um yeah and with that we will move on to the cWdcu um let's i mean there, there's there's so much stuff going on with the individual storylines I think we're gonna to have to just
0: Brush over ring, really quickly, pick and choose. I mean, um, I'll start it off. Um, I think most of the uh, most of the Arrow stuff is probably going to be what's connecting to the uh, storyline with uh, Infinite Earths. To be honest,
1: yeah, because that's um, the show that's going. It's going uh, off the air um,
0: because the monitor had a, had a much longer, longer stint in the final episode of Arrow.
1: Yes, and also a much longer stint in the final episode of Supergirl.
0: Yep, and also um, in Legends, he was just a spectator in the audience. He didn't really do anything.
1: No, they they just put him in there to to tie it all together and go, "Hi, I'm here too," which means Legends is going to be in the crossover, basically. Yeah. Mm. And um, yeah, and I think it's um, he actually filmed the Legends scene. La Monica Garrett actually filmed the Legends scene after after uh, the um, after the. Main season that wrapped. I think it was actually a pickup. Mm-hmm. So, he, so he was just surrounded by extras and stuff. So
0: doesn't surprise me that you know, given given that they they're running the show, soaking all together in schedules and stuff like that. I mm-hmm. think, to be honest, uh, I think Batgirls probably gonna, Batwoman's going to be in last CW superhero show. Probably because probably. I, I don't think they can go on running them uh, ad, ad nauseum, especially uh given that you know the these the sort of like uh, there's a danger Of just saturating the marketplace with, yeah
1: and people yeah. becoming
0: fed up of it whereas sort of like one superhero i mean to be honest if you think back to the 1980s or the 1990s and stuff like that we're lucky if we've got one superhero show never mind you know four or five running in tandem at the same time
1: yeah plus the ones that are coming up on various streaming services i'm gonna basically we're going to basically be paying for one streaming service at a time Because it's going to be cost prohibitive if we try to get you know, bunches of them all I
0: mean, at once You know, I've been watching Doom Patrol And uh, it's, a, it's amazing, I've been watching Doom Patrol But at the same time, I've been watching Umbrella Academy And um, they are so, so similar in terms of the of, of the trauma That the characters have to go, to, go through in, no, in those two different shows um, yeah
1: I'm I'm actually skipping Umbrella Academy Because I, I stumbled across some spoilers And I'm not going to go into them But suffice to say Umbrella Academy is going to be a Watchmen variant And I'm just not in the mood
0: Yeah and we're getting Watchmen soon Yeah
1: that's which I'm also skipping Because I've I've, I've I've read the original and that's enough
0: you know? Yeah I read the original and seen the film I'll probably watch it uh, Because it's uh, something else that we're going to have to review Uh um, mm. If, if you know if only we only do at least a few episodes sort of thing um or uh, back onto the back onto the um so like uh dc stuff um i i kind of like the way Arrow wrapped it was yes. nice yes although and like yourself i'm still bitterly disappointed that they uh but they kind of wasted adrian paul
1: no i i I don't mind that his character was killed off because the, the arc they set up was going to result in his death and and, and is a storyline that's borrowed from the comics. So Dante was always going to die.
0: Well, you should have taken um, advantage of his sword fighting skills a bit more. Yes,
1: it's, it's what they did with the middle of his storyline that I take question what I question. I also came up with this whole thing where he was the, anti-mo- he was the anti-monitor uh, incognito because I figured that that would be a logical way to play on the whole Highlander... Um, gathering mythos within the context of of the and CWDCU F-CW-DCU because the crisis scenario is basically the gathering on steroids. Yep. And so I figured, oh, they've they've brought the erstwhile Highlander to the DCU gathering. Of course, he's going to be the Anti Monitor, and that didn't pan out. Which I'm fine. I'm fine with actually getting the theory wrong. What I'm what I mind is the fact that because I got the theory wrong, they still have to establish where the Anti Monitor is. Um, mm. The the monitor and the anti monitor are kind of a set, and if you don't introduce both of them together, you're going to waste very limited amounts of time on exposition explaining the second character.
0: Well, you know and who you know who would be good as the anti monitor, and uh, hopefully C W are missing into this. I doubt it, but hopefully they are. But Peter Wingfield,
1: he has left acting. As he retired. He he retired from acting. He only does conventions, and he went. Be, he started in medical school and dropped out of medical school to switch to acting. Uh, became disillusioned uh, with acting in recent years and actually went back to medical school. He is a practicing doctor now. Oh wow! Yeah,
0: I bet you I bet you'd be quite easy to get an interview with. <laughs> You might want to try. Yeah, that'd be cool. Um, and then again, that might even make him even even harder to get an interview with because he might not have a PR person anymore to so like. Yeah, him. yeah.
1: I was I was surprised about that too because I I thought that he was going to be one of those character actors that kicked around for a while, but he 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 became disillusioned and decided to uh, bow out gracefully.
0: Do you know what I reckon happened? Because uh, a few years ago, he ended up in a in in one of our medical shows here called uh, Holby City. And I think okay. what he, what happened is he probably had his role in Holby City, it pushed him over the edge and he thought, Oh, this is a life I could have had, I'm leaving this acting shit behind <laughs> Because Holby City is a medical drama and you know he played a doctor in it, so Aww. So i think that probably pushed him over the edge and thought, Oh, this Aww. is this is what I could have had. <laughs> I could have had a much steadier income, that's for sure. <laughs> you know, but yeah, that's yeah. that's a shame um, because sort of like uh, I thought you know think he think he was a bringing character actor and I loved I loved his role with Miphos. Yeah.
1: Yes, it was it was brilliant. And I and going going back to Adrian Paul, I mean Adrian Paul is a jobbing actor, and, and lo- logically not all of his roles would require the same amount of his martial arts and sword training skills. But Arrow was the one show that, where that would have been absolutely logical. I know. I mean, I mean. Adrian Paul should have been on the shortlist to play Rachel.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, he he's he's an actor, you know, he's a jobbing actor who really shouldn't be a jobbing actor. He should be should be you know, he should be regarded with a lot more, so like I mean, He's uh, he's, he's,
1: stu- he's stupid pretty, stupid fit, stupid skilled. Aging like Bowie, you know, at at at, at Oscar Wilde's garden party. And 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 he's actually got skills in terms of acting. So he's like this complete package. What more does the industry want? He should be his megastar. Yeah. And for some reason, he ended up not being that. And he's actually, I've actually seen interviews with him um, where he he laments the fact that part of his problem is that he, is that so much of the industry isn't about you. So much of the industry is about, uh, it's about PR and about production and about, and about uh, Twitter, Twitter followers, and about uh, aspects of the of the process that he just isn't good at, or at least not as good at. And uh, he he's he ended up um, just not quite getting. Getting on the getting on the train until you know these later years when he you know got a got a tw- got a tw- Twitter presence. I'm not you know too worried though because he's he's doing other things. He's got a um, he's got a, a charitable foundation that uh, that uh, gives money to uh, children's charities worldwide. He's got a, a podcast based around his philanthropic endeavors. He's doing other things, but and producing and directing. He's fig- he's figuring it out, but he laments the fact that he. That, that everything sort of transitioned faster than he could deal with, despite the fact that on paper he had everything he needed to basically be a megastar.
0: You know what I've often thought, um, and you're probably going to agree with me as soon as I say this, but I've often thought that uh, Adrian Paul... Um, would be a great Drakinger if Hammer were to revive Drakinger and do it in the same do it in the same way, but in a more modern sort of like context. He he he's got actually, very, actually
1: has played a vampire before, and he said um, that, that playing vampires would actually be his his favorite role. So he,
0: he would make a he he'd make a good. Uh, Dracula, I think. But he's got he's got those dark sort like, he's got those dark sort of Mediterranean sort of looks for it, hasn't he?
1: You yes, know? well, yeah.
0: <laughs> no, but um, moving on, um, so like we've done we've done Arrow. I kind of like the way he ended it, um, yes. with with the monitor and everything. And um, although I, I didn't quite get what happened to Felicity, whether she went off with the monitor in order to buy by buy, buy some time or something.
1: She. What happened? They, and, and, this is, and this is the way that they edited it. Future Felicity. Um, basically, the future. The future storyline took place post crisis. Oliver had already died. And dying in that context meant going to a sort of paradise dimension where he's, he's sort of in heaven, but um, but in but alive. And future Felicity, once she realized that her children didn't need her anymore and she didn't have to keep her promise to Oliver on this plane of existence anymore, um, basically went to that dimension to be with him. Aww. And that's how and that's how they re, and that's how they wrote future Felicity out of the storyline to account for the fact that Emily Bat Rickards isn't going to be there
0: oh is that sweet
1: yes they get they get to be together
0: i just want yeah. to go to the bathroom now and puke <sighs> yeah <laughs> sorry i <laughs> just talk like the i i'm still i'm still one of these people that's mad against on <laughs> yeah it's
1: it's one of those ships that basically just took over the show i mean mm. i don't here's the thing i don't i don't mind ships on shows i ship myself I mean, I, there there are there are couples I gravitate to on these shows, and I, and I have no problem whatsoever with the exploration of relationships. I just don't like it when the relationships become the show. I'm not a soap watcher. I don't I don't particularly gravitate to those kinds of narratives. And if you're going to write romances on these shows, they need to be better written. Um, because the romances I do like are ones that tend to be better written. You know, things like Cyrano de Bergerac and. Um, it just puts some effort into
0: it. Stuff by Shakespeare, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. Um, you know, it's a bit like uh, Outlander. That's that's kind of like worn worn pretty thin with me now. I used to, I like that show to begin with for the first two series, but it's kind of worn a bit thin now. It's kind of like a romantic time travel show. Mm. Uh, yeah. But, um, I think the weakest ending out of these shows for me was probably... probably Legend's. To be honest, I mean, yeah, what the and fuck that's, happened there?
1: <laughs> yeah, I think I think I think that they're basically just setting up crisis, and in terms of crisis, because both Arrow is going off as a series, and because Nora Dark is a full full throttle Legends now, um,
0: they had to di- they had to ditch Zari, and they I, had to
1: ditch Zari. But I'm hoping that because Arrow's going off and because Nora's a full character now that they bring Neil McDonough back for at least a couple of scenes to say farewell and to bring it full
0: circle. Well, you never know because um, that, um, Astra uh, in Hell, she's stolen a load of her uh, souls from the uh, soul depository, didn't she?
1: Yes, um, and, we, they, did, and seen, they did mention, probably seen, by way of setup, that he wasn't doing very well in Hell.
0: Yeah, we've seen Genghis Khan. We've seen, you know, we've seen some of the big, big names, Genghis Khan and Hitler. So, uh, yeah. you know, you never know. You could have Damien Dark amongst them. Yeah, and he, and he could turn out
1: to be the weak link in terms of all of them because he, by the time he went to hell, he was actually redeemed, or at least as redeemed as a character like him was going to get. So, yeah, it could be actually could be interesting. Mm-hmm. Um, but I agree, and legends. Legends was was weak although i did i did appreciate the um the reprise of james Taylor and the fact that they they did what they did with tom wilson's um papa papa
0: um the, his, his father's character uh, Papa that was, that, was sweet. <laughs> that was sweet yeah i mean that was um, you know i i thought the james Taylor thing the singing stuff like that i thought that was a bit much that was almost as bad as the um um the yeah. The, the, you know the day night come and one go go. Oh that, yeah, that one. yeah, That was almost as bad as that. <laughs>
1: yeah, part of part of the issue was is that the storyline for Legends was going to be significantly different. They were initially going to have um, Tom Wilson's general character be the baddie, mm-hmm. um, but they fell in love with Tom Wilson and decided he was such a lovely guy that they, they
0: needed to do something else. I, I, think, I think, to be honest, they did themselves a favour by doing something else with him, by subverting the audience's expectations of him, because everyone knows him as a baddie anyway from back to the future. And yes. That's the only thing yeah. he's, he's known for, really. Um, so to have him, you know, kind of go from, you know, one intention father, who's, who's doing, doing the wrong things, but for, for the best possible of reasons... Yeah. Um. And then having him, you know, redeem, have having that redemption art from at the end. I really like that they did that because it's all sort of like um, it's shown us, it's shown us the audience that you know a different, you know, a different side of Tom Wilson, the actor, really. Yes. And, you know. Yes. So I think they did they did themselves a favor there and they did did Tom Wilson a huge favor. You know, I want to see him in more stuff, but I think he I think he's more into radio now, isn't he? So.
1: Yeah,
0: yeah, he is. So um the flash, um that ended with quite a big monitor scene as well, didn't it?
1: No, he wasn't in it. They had they had just the um they had just the, the newspaper changing the date to two thousand
0: nineteen. Yeah, that's right, yeah. the, the, the date changes to two thousand nineteen and um but well, that's something to do with the monitor and that arrow's gonna have to give up his life save flash.
1: Yes, yeah,
0: yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Which kind of makes sense Because The Flash has only probably got one more season After this next one anyway Yeah
1: I, What's interesting is A, a, fan, a fan went to um, a, a convention Where John Wesley Shipp was one of the guests And she went up to his table Where he was signing autographs And she said to him, very cleverly She said, I know you can't say anything But if you're in crisis, blink And he blinked so he'll be he'll be coming back for crisis. I'm I'm wondering.
0: He might have had something in his eye.
1: That's <laughs> <laughs> true, but I'm wondering if if what they're going to do is they're going to they're going to instead of killing off uh, Barry Allen
0: Earth One, I'm wondering if they're going to kill off Barry Allen Earth Ninety. I think that's probably how it will go. Um, but if they do do that, I'm hoping they do it in a really nice and respectful way because I think John Wesley ship, you know, um, every time we've seen him on the show, it's been quite respectful to, 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 to his contribution to the Flash universe, yes. Um,
1: uh, yes. but
0: you know what, I think they should do, I All think right. they should actually uh bring the trickster into the Else World storyline. And, that and would be great. A... The problem with that is that Mark Hamill is uh, in the middle of doing work on Nightfall. Oh, I but They could probably yeah. get him to cameo. They, they could
1: get him to cameo. I, I, I really hope they do. I really hope they do. Because Mark Hamill is another one where it's like, they got Mark Hamill back. Mark Hamill actually came back I know multiple, multiple times
0: I know You know,
1: it's like, oh my god He doesn't owe us anything, but he came back multiple
0: times oh, You know, I, I'm still having fangasms now I mean, god
1: I know <laughs> they, And they they owe him the right to play the Joker in live action I do not know why they haven't given it to him
0: Um, I don't know, but the fact that they've given it to a... Um... Joaquin Phoenix, um, I just, I just can't see it, I'm, I'm just, I just, you know, Joaquin Phoenix is a very good actor, Yeah. but I just can't see him as a Joker, and from what I've seen of the makeup tests, and the, I think they've released The trainer for haven't they? They have, they have, and it's, I'm, I may rent it, but I'm not going to go to the theatre for that. I've not, I've not even watched The trainer because I'm I'm just so underwhelmed by it, you know? Mm. Um... And it's
1: it's basically the, it's basically the Joker is an indie film. That's what it looks like.
0: Mm-hmm. But I'm probably going to I'm probably going to skip it. Um, so have we covered all the DC shows now.
1: Ah, uh, Supergirl.
0: Supergirl. Supergirl. Uh, that's it's because, it's because we
1: have to talk about John Crier as Lex Luthor. Holy mother! We
0: of God. do. He was he was absolutely brilliant. And uh, you know it's amazing to think that there's such a big age difference between him and um, and uh, uh, Kate. Kate McGrath. Mcgrath. He plays. Uh, he plays uh, Lena. Lena. And yeah. but then again, Katie Mcgrath's always what kind of mature for her age.
1: Yes. Yeah. And they actually and they actually deal with it because um, Lily and Luther had that great exposition. I, I know cancer has aged you. Blah blah blah. You know. So they, had, they actually tried to deal with it So, And that scene where the, all three Luthers were in the Oval Office mm-hmm. By God, that was Awesome
0: Yeah, that, that was epic fan service uh, I mean, I think To be honest, Supergirl's rap really well, but the the Problem throughout the whole Season is It's been very, very, very um, Unsubtly Having, uh, you know, poking Poking away at Trump
1: Yes, um, but then they've they've had problems with unsubtle allegory systemically since season one. Um, subtle allegory is just not something we're going to get from this show. It isn't. It isn't specifically this storyline. It's all of them. Um, I I don't know what to do. It's it is what it is at this point. And I mean, and,
0: I mean, I thought the um, oh God, what's the name of the guy that played the um, play, played the leader of the mass people the um, oh yeah,
1: Sam Whitworth. Sam Whitworth.
0: Um, yeah, Lockwood. I've interviewed him. Yeah, McQuoid. I thought he was absolutely brilliant throughout the whole season. Yeah, uh, his
1: he, his performance was better than the scripts they gave him. If you if you if you if you, you know if you want to show acting students what it looks like to have a good actor work with piss poor scripts, <laughs> show them that. Show them um,
0: that. Yeah, he, he he did the same with the the American version of Being Human.
1: Which I, which I skipped. Yeah. I didn't
0: even bother he, with it. He innovated that role off the page and uh, and I've got to be honest, um, I think he I think he actually um, took a, took better ownership of the role than Aidan Turner did in the uh, UK version.
1: Oh wow the original okay, cool. version.
0: Um is you know, there's very little separating the two. And you know, and that's not that's no offence to Aidan Turner who's absolutely um, a, No, Aidan Turner knows his stuff, yeah. I bring it after, so. but it's just sort of like um, in the American Being Human for me, uh the episodes that I did actually watch, I didn't watch much mm-hmm. of it, but for me it was um, it was his portrayal that, yes. that that absolutely sold it and nailed the nailed the mask to the wall.
1: Yeah. And he did and he did the same with the guest stint on Once Upon a Time where he played, uh, where he played uh, um, Edward Hyde. I yeah. did Jekyll and Hyde,
0: and he played Edward Hyde. i about He did the season. <laughs> so much more than that role actually warranted. Did you ever watch the final season of Once Upon a Time, you know, in the summer I... when it wasn't on, or did you? I, did I,
1: it... I watched pieces of it on YouTube. I didn't have the energy to actually watch the whole thing. I kind of gave up on it mostly. <laughs>
0: I, I kind of got two episodes in and gave up. <laughs> yes. It's just sort of like... Uh... It it just sort of like they should have resolved it in the last they they kinda did resolve it in the prior, prior season to be honest. Yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Um I mean I think I think they doing the extra season it's just one of these shows that overstayed its welcome. Um but back on to um Supergirl. Back on Supergirl, I think um the way they wrapped it up was really, really, really well done. Yes. Um And I have to
1: say in terms of the new characters, I absolutely love Dreamer. Yeah. and she's she's grown on me. And Dreamer and Brainy are a ship on a CW show that I can actually get behind.
0: Yeah, I did actually put in an interview request with the actress that uh, plays Dreamer, but we, Nicole
1: Maines. Yeah,
0: yeah, we never got anywhere on it. Um, you know, because um, I did actually put in the uh, in the email that we're you know quite happy to talk about trans issues if that's what she wants to talk about is one well as the is uh, one well as the role. And you know, and its significance and what it means to 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 the trans community. Yeah, yeah. Um, but nothing, nothing back. So you know, yeah. Try again. She'll probably be yeah. in that season.
1: It could just be also timing. You know, just one of those things. Just <laughs> just
0: keep trying. Yeah, but and the thing that, is, you know, with with IMDb, uh, what what happens is uh, some some you know some of the PR people that 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 um, that these actors hire. Um, some some of them specifically go after particular sites and particular publications, sort of thing, and oh, they, yeah, yeah. and they prioritize those over other other things. Um, sort of thing, so, you know, yeah,
1: I will say that I wasn't impressed with Jesse Rath as Brainy um, initially, but once we saw that breakdown scene where he flips, and we 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 get you know the the, the foreshadowing of evil Brainiac for a bit, that's when I realized why they hired him. Yeah. The fact that he can he can flip between the two. In fact, I have no proof, but I'm willing to bet that when they hired him and they gave him the audition sides, the the scene where he flips, or at least a version
0: of it, was part of what he auditioned. That one explains me. Um, have you missed Wynn this season? Not much, truthfully. Me either. Um, which is strange because I thought I would. You know, when he when, left when last season, I thought, I thought I'd miss him, but I've not really missed him that much.
1: Yeah. They were supposed to bring him back toward the end of the season, but it, it didn't work out schedule-wise. So.
0: Mm. But, yeah, I'm quite happy with how, how Supergirl wrapped up. Um, you know, the, only, the,
1: only, the only part I don't like is the fact that it looks like they're going to do something predictable with the whole Lena situation. I'm hoping that they do something we don't see coming.
0: It, it did look like that, didn't it? You know, towards the end that It looked like Nina's going to turn nasty And get her net smoother on And I'm hoping it don't go that way Because um, I, 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 I
1: just don't want to see that It would be I, tedious We know what that looks like We saw that with her brother
0: Yeah um, And we saw
1: that with her mother And we don't need it with her
0: And we've also saw it with Katie McGrath in Merlin
1: Yes, yes you know, so. I mean, ha- you know, have her have an edge Have her out, have her out Have it out with Cara But... Put some other layers in there. That's, Do something, you
0: know. That's what needs to happen. She needs to have it out with Kara. They, they need yeah. to have that. They need to have that conversation. Um, as opposed to having Nina turn, turn nasty. It's, it's too yeah. predictable.
1: And one of the things they need to talk about when they have the conversation is mental health. Because part of, part of Lena's reaction to all this and part of her family history is tied to mental health. And part of Kara's reaction and why she has such a schizoid response to the identity and why she's been so bipolar with the whole identity thing is because she's coming off of, of levels of PTSD that human beings don't even have vocabulary for, let alone medication. hmm and and they haven't actually dealt with and they, they touched on James's PTSD, but they really need to deal with hers because unlike her cousin, she's the one who actually watched their planet blow up.
0: Yeah, I mean, I... It, blew,
1: it, it blew up around her in flaming, freezing chunks in space where no one can hear you scream. OK, That's... for real.
0: Absolutely, and um, you know, and I, I just generally think, you know, if, if Supergirl were to do do a show that deals with PTSD, yeah, uh, P- PTSD, sorry, uh, yeah. I'm having a beer, can you tell. No, that's okay. <laughs> um, the, it would um, it would actually elevate the show in a lot of ways. Um, yes,
1: because on top of everything else, they could put you know actual PSAs at the end of episodes with resources for people who are actually dealing with that.
0: And it's also uh, added to all that mental health. Um, I don't know about in the US, but here in the UK, uh, mental health has been in the news a lot. Um, the you know the the, the the two the two princes William and Harry have been yes. talking about the the, uh, the their, their mental health and how 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 of a time they had dealing with the death of Diana. So. I really do think it's it's a it's a discussion that needs to be had in, in popular culture in, in these TV shows and, and,
1: and in the context of Supergirl with both with both uh, Kara and Lena, it's a conversation they can have organically have mm-hmm. that would actually tie into the show's need to press allegory home in an in a, in an a, a actually reasonable way that didn't seem forced. You know, and I would much rather watch
0: that than what it looks like they're going to give us. Yeah, I mean, it it did look like uh, Nina was going to break bad to me in that last episode. Um, Yeah. It just saw like, because we got the scene where she went to the party and, and played along as if she didn't know. And then we get the next scene where, you know, she gives the camera a certain look, which kind of put me in mind of Morgana. I'm yeah, the, the, and as soon as I see N'Goka, thought,
1: "Oh shit!" Part of the problem there is in context. I mean, you have characters who are coming off of planetary extinction. You have characters who are coming off of planetary genocide, and you have the anti-monitor who wants to take everything that hasn't been destroyed yet and destroy it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And in 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 that context, when when the threats are that dire, we're supposed to care that Lena Luther is weeping and moaning and gnashing her teeth because she had her feelings hurt. Yep. Be, you know, like, I'm going to just say it. I don't give a shit. And that's, and that's how I feel about, about Lena. I mean, yes, Cara's got to, be, to develop a more consistent policy when it comes to where and how and who she reveals her identity to. But, but what happens with Lena should not be on Cara. Because Lena is a is a grown woman with lots of resources, and she should see a shrink. She should have it out with her family. She should, I mean, notwithstanding that they're going to unmulti the multiverse soon, she should find out about the multiverse and go move to a planet where her mother is alive and she's not a Luther. I mean, she's she's got options.
0: Do you know and what she... I think is going to happen? I think she's going to find out. She's going to break bad, albeit temporarily, and then after the whole Crisis on Infinite Earth storylines, it will flip back to her being being friends again with Supergirl.
1: Yeah, that's probably what it's because I think Crisis, just by virtue of being Crisis, is going to is going to address a lot of the storylines just by virtue of, of of washing a lot of the blood under the bridge, because. When crisis hits, she's going to see what it was like from Kara's perspective because Earth 38s not going to be saved. Mm-hmm. Earth 31 and Earth 38 are going to me- are going to merge or collapse or collide or elide or whatever word you want to use for that if they if they follow the crisis storyline.
0: Yeah, I'm um, hoping Earth- I'm hoping we see um, Earth Fats again and on, and on, Undergale. On, on she she died. Oh, she did die, didn't she? <laughs> yeah,
1: but crisis could bring her back. for all we know so who knows but um yeah I'm hoping that because he because Lena doesn't know about the multiverse um I'm hoping that the scale of what they end up facing um basically scares her sane Mm -hmm. (laughs) and she's able to look at it and go oh okay my problems don't matter they actually really don't Mm -hmm. we've got to deal with this now and um and and she she grows up a bit because I I think there there's a part of Lena that she, she's wallowing in self pity. She's been wallowing in self pity since we met her. She tries to mask it. She tries to pretend that's not what's happening, but it is what's happening. And if she if if Kara Kara who is frankly more entitled to wallow in self pity because she watched her planet blow up, um. Wallowed in as much self pity as as Lena does, she she would not be anywhere near productive.
0: Yeah, I mean one thing I was really happy about um, the finale of Supergirl was you know the fact that Kara's sister uh, got her memory back.
1: Finally, finally, finally. I just thought, I don't understand. I don't even understand why they went there unless it was just for the emotional reaction of getting the memories back at the end. Um, just from a performance standpoint, that was great. But like the, the entire storyline, again, one of the issues I have is I don't like anything that requires copious amounts of dramatic irony. I don't enjoy functioning ahead of the characters for extended periods of time. So memory loss storylines, secret keeping storylines, anything where I know more than the characters know and I've got to sit there and watch the characters catch up. Doesn't make me happy.
0: Yeah. So I, I yeah. it's okay if it's for an episode or two, but for an entire season,
1: yeah, it's like you know. whatever, I, 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 please, anything but this, you know, anything but this, and, um, and so I, I, honestly, while I appreciated the performance level stuff and the fact that and the fact that Kyler Lee and, and Melissa Bonoyst obviously have chemistry coming out the walls, it doesn't change the fact that on a structural level, there was no point to it whatsoever.
0: I mean, yeah, that's the amazing thing when when Supergirl started and we had a Kai Kai Lee sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, I wasn't I wasn't really impressed with Kai Lee, to be honest. I thought she was really really weak she, as an actress. She she grew on me. She but she grew she, me. she grew as as the series has gone on. She's actually grown on me. Yeah. Um, and and I think it's basically because of the writing. I think the writing in the first series was kind of weak, as in. It, it didn't give as much, um, didn't give as much meat and potatoes to different characters, and, and laid them out properly. And yeah, I think it was yeah. only when it went to CW that they actually, you know, sort of like, they actually gave her more to do. And I think the relationship that she had with the uh, policewoman uh, in in the previous season has actually done a hell of a lot to. to yes, to sort of yeah, like, that
1: was that was great. That was
0: great to build her character. So sort of thing. Well, Yeah. Or yeah. Um, in in terms of the, in terms of that finale though a great finale yeah. and uh... that was great yeah
1: and I have to say in terms of the in terms of the individual storyline teases I'm most excited about the Martian storyline the fact that we're getting a, we're getting John's evil brother mm. yeah. um, he's uh, I I don't know much about the comics but from 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 what I'm hearing on and and seeing written and on videos uh, he's got an evil brother who is uh, heavily impacted by events yeah. and did not process events uh, anywhere near as well as Jean did. And he was, and it's basically uh, going to be a variation of um, he, he broke bad and, and turned into someone who responded to the destruction by, by wanting to destroy himself. Mm. And he got put in, in
0: Martian prison for that. Well, going back on the uh, going back backtracking the conversation a little bit, uh, David Harwood, um, who plays John Jones, he's going to be on TV on BBC next um, next week, next Wednesday, uh, talking about uh, a mental health problem that he had um, as a young man. Apparently, um, he had a, he had a bit of a running with psychosis when he was a young man.
1: Yeah, I, I don't know the details, but he, he did have a breakdown of some kind and was actually institutionalised for a
0: bit, mm. yeah. Well, he's going to be talking about that in, on, a, on a show on BBC next week. They've been doing a season of shows um, about mental health issues and depression. and uh Ooh, They've had, okay, they've cool. had, they've had uh, three quite prominent uh, British personalities on it. Um, I think the last one was Alistair Campbell, who who had uh, problems with depression. And uh, the one before that was Nadia Hussein who won Bake Off. Ah, (laughs) She was talking about anxiety, sort of thing. So the last one's going to be David Howell talking about psychosis. Oh, okay. um,
1: That's going to be useful.
0: That's going to be useful. So I'm going to be tuning in for that one. I've skipped the other two because um, I I know about anxiety from my own issues. So Mm. I need to know about about, uh, Nadia Hussein's battle with it. Um, and I also know about depression from my own issues as well. So, yeah, yeah. Um, but it'd be interesting to see, see, uh, see, see what Howard has to say about, um, his, his trouble with psychosis. Because, um, I've never actually had psych- problems with psychosis myself, but I do know a few people that have. Uh-huh. So yeah. that'd be interesting, um. Uh, to, to watch But you know Moving moving back onto it um, I'm also wondering uh, If David Howard Will be playing In goal again For the celebrities Team For the uh, For the Charity football game That we have About this time Every year Oh
1: That's sweet That he comes back for
0: that Well he, 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 He's only done one And that was last year And he actually um, Helped England win, win the charity shootout You know Win the oh, charity that's, shootout That's heartwarming That's heartwarming Yeah <laughs> You know um, so, are we done with the uh, DC shows now, do you think? Um,
1: let's see Yeah, yeah Other than to say that what I've seen of Batwoman I'm psyched um, I want to see what that looks like
0: Yeah, I, I'm kind of wanting to see <clears throat> what that looks like as well Um, You know And, you know, hopefully uh, DC will get over themselves and figure it out So they can have Batman show up every now and again It would be nice If they just figured out this film and TV shite and just treated them both as the same universe, yeah,
1: yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Watching like it would
1: be, it would be nice if they hurried up and gave Tyler Hoechlin his own Superman show. Yeah, that would
0: be. As soon as we're on, we're we're still on comic book show. Should we very very quickly flip over to Agents of Shield? Or do you want please. to please? Yeah,
1: let's do. Um, I've seen they've aired the episode three is tonight. The mm. first two I've aired. have aired. I have to say, I kind of wish they had just ended on last season.
0: Hmm. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I mean, it's, for me, it's it's your days. Um, you know, I'm kind of liking uh, watching. Sarge. Clark. Yeah. I'm liking I, watching Clark Gregg play, 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 uh, play, play a version of Coulson.
1: Yeah, and it's it's obvious that Coulson is going to be brought back at some point, but it just seems like a really roundabout way to do it. And and with the whole FitzSimmons thing, where they keep missing each other and they're ill-fated and star-crossed, I'm like, I'm out of steam.
0: Well, to be honest, um, you know, I think if I was writing the show right now, I'd probably kill one of them. Uh, and and that way it's over and done with then, you know, so it's like ripping the band-aid off, done. Yeah. Um. But I, I, I'm i quite liking it, you know, I think, um, I like Mac being in charge. I think uh, yes, Henry Simmons good. is doing that's a good, good. job yeah. of that. Um. I'm not sure on the new scientist guy that I bought into sort of like a substitute for Fitzsimmons. Mm. Um, you know. It depends
1: on, depends on what they give him to do. If, if, if he's just there to give exposition and be acerb, acerbic, that's going to wear thin. But,
0: mm-hmm. so. well, you but he's,
1: know. he's a good actor, though, so if they give him material, he'll be able to pull it off.
0: He, he is good, I'm just not sure about that character at the moment because, as you say, all he seems to be doing that at the moment is, um, you know, is there just to serve the purpose of the giver gets position. Yeah. You know, um, so... Um, and, you know, it would be good to see an older actor uh, move about more and be more involved in the plot, you know, much the same way as he... Uh, as... Oh, God, I can't remember the name of the character um, from, from Legends... They wrote him out. It's one half five Oh five. yes,
1: um, Victor Garber was playing um, Martin Stein.
0: Yeah, you know, in much the same way as Martin Stein was sort of like quite heavily involved in the action and legends. It'd be nice yes, for an over-older yes. actor, yeah. you know, be be heavily involved in 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 Shield. So I want to see that.
1: Um, and and uh, this is that's that's an excellent segue to uh, Blood and Treasure hmm. because we have John Larroquette in Blood and Treasure.
0: Yeah, and we're talking about archaeology.
1: Archaeology, <laughs> and, and um, I'm hoping in the in the course of the thirteen episodes of Blood and Treasure that they give him a little bit more to do because they because when they gave him more to do in, on, on librarians
0: he pulled it off in spades. so. I think it, I think a lot of it's going to be depend on who's behind Blood and Treasure*, because the um, the people that were behind um, the librarians and uh, that, and that were also behind the other shows that Naraqet's Ke- been in um, were, were very familiar with his body of work as an actor. True, sort of true. And um, you know, I don't know who's 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 show running *Bungled and Treasure*, so. You
1: know, no, I'd, I'd have to I'd have to look it up myself. I don't I don't think
0: it's I don't think it's the librarians folks. I think it's this is a, a different batch of folks. Well, all I all I will say is when you when you sort of like, uh sent me the link for and Treasure and that review last week, I was actually pleasantly surprised because I, I I hadn't even heard of a show called Blood and Treasure uh, that we're going to have a song sort of like uh, a modern day take on the Indiana Jones song sort of like archaeology song sort of like treasure hunting sort of a um, sort of thing. On on television, so and they uh,
1: got Oded Fair. They actually got Oded
0: Fair. No, you know, so like it's awesome. It's awesome.
1: And my my issue, based just based on the on the two part premiere of the thirteen episodes, is that so far the supporting characters are more interesting than the leads. The leads are a little wooden for me.
0: Um, I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, the male lead, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the female need. Uh, Lexi
1: Vizuri, Um she's she's good.
0: She, she's she's good. awesome. You know, um, I was watching her all the time. I didn't actually write this in re- in my review, but the way she was portraying the thief and stuff like that put me in a mind put me in mind of um of how Elizabeth Grayson portrayed yes, Amanda yes. in in the yes, end- I, I was did, I was thinking that. that very wily, yeah. sort like uh, mischievous undercurrent to her. Uh, and yeah. you know, I, I just really enjoyed that. And um, you know, the male need—he, needs work. He I needs think he's—I think he's probably going to get better as the show goes on. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I did appreciate the um, the fraught history the
1: two of them have—that they're the, the why it is that their romance was complicated. It's it wasn't a standard rationale for complicating the mm-hmm. romance.
0: Yeah, um, but I did find the first um, the first flashback scene of all that quite jarring. The way it was delivered, it was just like it just seemed very sudden and out of the blue. I think the might yeah, have been better. Yeah, off. It, it,
1: it got better. It got better as they went. I think I think that was one of those things where they just had to sort of work out the kinks. i have a feeling that the flashback sequences will get better as they go. Mm-hmm.
0: So. I don't think I don't think we're going to get any more flashback sequences. Mm. To be honest, I think mm. hopefully they we'd have done with them.
1: Yeah, I do. I do like the show's mythology. What they're what they're setting up with the the ongoing mythology.
0: Mm. I like the fact that the Nazis found Cleopatra's tomb before they did. And, yeah, and, uh, and, and they
1: and they actually tried to hide it. Like the, the Nazis, it's, it's it's as close as Nazis will ever get to being the good guys.
0: I know it's um it's just gonna you know and and they also like the um the underground of uh antiquity sales and um and and uh, the fact, you know, Invisory's character of of netsy um, yeah was you know was the only means by which you would have been able to get into these various underground thoroughfares affairs of um, antiquities and stuff like that. I quite yeah. like that, and um, and that whole scene, and then then of course we have James Caggis who's um, going to be in more episodes.
1: Yes, yeah, he's, he's always good. And the thing, the thing with blood antiquities and blood diamonds is that's an actual problem. Is that a lot of these terrorist movements are funded with blood antiquities and blood diamonds and things of, of that nature, and because the because the because the, um, the, the Taliban. And, and you know, will basically go in and you know, and and um, and 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 destroy a lot of antiquities in the name of in the name of uh, you know keeping the the purity of their ideology. But the, the antiquities that they don't destroy are fenced for money.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, and, and that's that is what they do. And um, so it is. It's an interesting way to. To contemporize um, these these tropes.
0: Yeah, do you know what? I think we I think you and I are just going to have to go off on a quest and find the Holy Grail and sing it. <laughs> <laughs> that way, that way can fund the website and the podcast for the rest of my life, I'm not <laughs> have to worry about it. <laughs> um, but then again, if we open the Holy Grail, my face melt night, and that's my face melt. Yes. <laughs> so. Um. I think I might have to think that out again somehow. But um, I, I enjoyed the show. Um, no, it was it was solidly done, and it's
1: going to be a cool thirteen episodes. I'm I'm, I'm glad that they've put it put it on the air. I just hope that the ratings hold long enough to actually get all thirteen episodes because they're not stellar.
0: Yeah, but doesn't it really matter during the summer? I don't think it That's matters true. as much during the yeah. summer as it does during the uh, during the autumn. Um so I think I think they're probably gonna expect certain certain amount of ratings drop off um, mm, yeah. due to the time of year it's airing. Yeah. Um and you know, if it doesn't do well on, on, on the mainstream there's always C B S on access.
1: That's true. We can okay. they can at Go least well dump whatever episodes we don't get on uh, on the main show there. Mm. So
0: but I I enjoyed it. I have got a feeling that what we're going to see is we're going to see sort of like standalone episodes with um with an overarching arc. Yeah. Um. Again, much like much like they've been doing with Project Blue Book. Yes. At least that's what I'm hoping for because the uh, the main villain he's only in four episodes. Oh. So okay, you know, yeah. from what I could look from when I looked at the casting list, he's, he's only um, he's only down as being in four episodes. So
1: which makes sense because Oded Fair doesn't do a lot of TV, mm-hmm. so they
0: would
1: have probably they probably had to negotiate for those four episodes.
0: Mm, they probably have to negotiate their butts off for those four episodes. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. but I tell you, I tell you who would be a good guest guest star if we could get him is Farron Tahar He'd be another good one. Oh, he
1: would! He would rock
0: it absolutely. (laughs) Yeah, God, I can't believe I actually interviewed him years, few years back. (laughs) Wow, (laughs) time is going so quickly. I mean, it's you know, I think back and all all the interviews I've done for this show over the years, and I just think, wow, you know, especially given that we've not done that many shows this year and last year, we sort of like have not really been interviewing that much, but. It just amazes me, the, the amount of people that I have done I mean, sort of like, um, I mean who'd have thought it? Yeah You know um, So, yeah um, But yeah, I, I, like the sh- I like the show And I love to see and Taha in it If it gets season two, they've got to get Farron Taha
1: Yeah, that's the thing I, I don't know whether it's a limited series And the 13 episodes are all we're getting Or whether they're actually planning this to be an ongoing summer series well, I, haven't been, I haven't
0: found anything written up one way or the other. To be honest, if it's a limited series and it's 13 episodes and it resolves nicely, I'll be quite happy with that. Yeah, I
1: would too.
0: You know, um, and maybe do a few spin-off TV movies instead. You know, Yeah,
1: because,
0: I, I mean, my, my big thing at this point is that...
1: I've come to the realization that a good ninety-five percent of the shows on would probably be stronger if they had been limited series. It's it's a very it's the very act of continuing
0: at all that mm-hmm. screws a lot of these narratives up. Exactly. I mean sort of i like, uh, and and also um we've seen a lot of reboots of late as well. I mean the rebooted charmed and um and and rebooted Roswell. Yeah and, and yeah, quite a few I, things and um you know, these these don't seem to be any originality left in in the thing. I mean, at least, *Bungot*, you know, uh, blood and treasure. It's may may not be original in terms of its archaeology and uh, *Bungot* antiquities and stuff like that. It's been done in films and and things in the past. Yeah. But at least, it's original characters and original sort of like is sort of like it's more contemporized to to what it is today.
1: Yeah, at least at least they're trying, you know. Just, you know, so, but it's it's going to be interesting. It's going to be interesting.
0: So, what else do we have to talk about? Is something else? I um, can't remember it. There's another show we're going to talk about. Uh,
1: I can't remember now either.
0: Damn, dementia setting in. <laughs> <It's okay. laughs> no, it's this beer.
1: Cisbeer.
0: Um, oh. I think I think we've actually talked about quite a bit. Um have you seen Avengers yet? Yes, I have. And and I loved it. I utterly
1: loved it. It was it was long, but it needed to be because they had to get all of those
0: subplots in there. You know what? I think they could have got away with releasing as two movies. <laughs> I think they could have, too. You know. Probably. Um but I was quite happy with what they did with Captain America. Um Kind of knew they weren't going to kill him like they did in the comics, and I was quite uh, happy for him to sort of like get get his knife with Peggy.
1: Yes, yeah. So Add a nice yes.
0: romantic sort of like little ending for him. Yes, you know?
1: and I was and I was glad that we got a cameo from from Jarvis, you know, as uh, <laughs> driving Tony Stark around. That was fun. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I was glad to just to have the Agent Carter end of the universe acknowledged it all because they they kind of gave Peggy a short shrift there for a while.
0: They did. Have you seen Captain Marvel yet? I
1: have. Yes, adored th- adored that one too.
0: Oh, Coulson and Coulson. Yes. Coulson. I thought that was funny. Yes. Was <laughs> I, thought, I thought, but but um, you know Coulson. It's sort of like um, they had to CGI him, and I, I, I had to do a double take to realise who it was. And I thought, oh, yes, shit, it's yeah, Agent oh Coulson. My God. It's not great. <laughs> they, had to,
1: they, they had to de-age him. <laughs> <laughs>
0: but you know well I I quite enjoyed that as well and um you know it's not the best of the marvel films I seen but it was enjoyable
1: it was enjoyable and I and I loved um Goose the Flurkin because I you know me on the on the audience for the super cats so that yeah. was awesome
0: well you know my uh, my, my cat has a has a, has a poster of poster of Goose um above, her, above her little cat box she's Aww. she's totally besotted with him you no, know, I've not. I've not shown her the picture of him when he transforms yet. So, no doubt she'll be in shock with that. But we've got, <laughs> we've got, uh, we've got quite, quite, quite a good uh, summer mind-upping films. Really, we've got, um, we've got the new Godzilla film coming out, King of Monsters. I'm, in,
1: I'm, I'm gonna be renting most of them, but I plan to see them.
0: Uh, yeah, we so. have the new X-Men film coming out in on fifth of June. Um, Phoenix Rising, I think.
1: Yeah, it looks like it'll be better than than the X Men three version, but I'm still kind of annoyed that they have it that they kind of collapsed it into one film because the actual storyline's much more involved than that. So yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Still, whatever.
1: It and is what it is.
0: So we got that. And um, you know, that was the other show we're we'll gonna briefly talk about. It's right in front of me, Good Omens
1: Oh yes, Good Omens Yes Um, I actually signed up for Amazon Prime So that I could watch that one I've I haven't read the book, but I have listened to a lovely radio adaptation on, on Radio 4. Um, it was based on a book that uh, that uh, Terry Pratchett and Neil Gaiman co-wrote. And this was before Terry Pratchett died. He was actually still well enough that, that he and Gaiman were able to do a small cameo in the radio adaptation, which was yeah. very sweet.
0: Well, um, I read an interview um, about it in SFX magazine. They, they did a they did a five page feature. Yeah, and um, in it, Neil Gaiman says that he doubts he would have um, become a showrunner if it hadn't been for you know for for uh, Terry Pratchett one you know asking him to to um, to take charge of any television adaptation of it. Oh. Uh, so um, from what I from what I can gather it's a limited series it's probably going to be one series Yes it's
1: it's it's 6 episodes and frankly that's all it needs.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And because um, the um, the radio ad- adaptation was 6 or 7 episodes. That's frankly all, all it all needs. It's a, it's a and it's in um it's in the same vein as American Gods to the extent that they're they're working with um, they're they're working within the Judeo Christian tradition, but it's a comedy. Yeah. American Gods is much more serious, but this is a this is a comedy. It's it's lighter, and uh, it's it's fun. It's it's going to be fun. Mm. And the cat the cast looks stellar, just stellar.
0: Well, David Tennant, you know what can you, you know what can you say? He's such a brilliant actor.
1: Yeah, and Michael Sheen is not exactly.
0: Well, trouble. Michael Sheen's no lightweight either. I mean, I thought it was uh, I thought it was absolutely fantastic uh, as David Frost in the Frost Knitson thing, and yeah, yeah. And uh, he also played uh, a football manager in the Damned, U- Damned United and quite quite mm. a few things. Uh, he, he did a pretty good Tony Blair. <laughs> <laughs> like um, the ultimate comedian of an actor. Um, yeah, and. Um, well the shows we've got coming up, with this there's, there's a few shows on Netflix which I've found. I mean obviously I've been watching the Umberangeranger R- R- Academy.
1: Yeah, I'm skipping that one, but I'm going to be watching um uh Strangers, uh Stranger Things.
0: Yeah, well that's that's a given. Um there's a show on Netflix at the moment called The Order, which is quite interesting. It's kind of a supernatural show. Mm. Um Matt's Headroom's in it. The guy oh, who plays okay. Matt's Headroom. He plays uh, the the kid's grandfather, and basically, he's, good he's,
1: lord, he's playing grandfather roles
0: now. Yeah, well, he plays the kid's grandfather, but he's a. Uh, it's kind of like a Matt's Headroom grandfather. Oh, in, okay. like, he's eccentric. Okay. He's clever. He's wise. He's kind of like Merlin sort of thing. Okay. Uh he's an archivist. He's an eccentric. So it's uh, still still um, it's it's very much in his wheelhouse. Um, and the storyline, from what I can gather, is um, the he's trying to get into um, a magic order within this un, within this university, um, in order to get revenge on, on his father for you know, for, for killing his mother. Oh, dear, sort of okay, thing. That, that's basically the, the new storyline, but it's sort of like um. He's come up against the gongerman and a werewolf so far and you know pe- people within the order that I don't want him in the university because he's kind of like working class and they're, they're actually a cut above and all that. Um, I've only seen the first two episodes, but it's kind of interesting. Cool, And, and that's cool. been on Netflix for a little while. Um, I
1: might check that out how much time I
0: have. I'm probably going to review Reviewed the whole thing um, at some point as well as Umberanger Academy because I didn't get round to doing them when they first came on because everything else and mm. now that everything else has dropped off do it we're struggling for content on the website so. <laughs> anyway I think that's it for now. Um that's the end of another show. Um thanks everyone for listening. Uh, thank you Reese for joining me. Oh you're welcome. For having you back. And hopefully we'll be back with another show um in a matter of days after good omen's airs. <laughs> so, bye for now.